Radio Rounds, the podcast series specifically for physicians and healthcare professionals, presented by St. Louis Children's Hospital. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, influenza is the most frequent cause of death in the United States from a vaccine-preventable disease, and last year's flu season was an intense one. My guest today is Dr. David Hunstead. He's a Washington University Division Chief and Pediatric Infectious Disease Physician at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Dr. Hunstead, on average, how many kids get sick with the flu every year, and what is the hospitalization like? How many kids get hospitalized because of the flu? So the CDC estimates that up to a million individuals in the United States will get hospitalized with flu every year, and up to 20,000 of those uh, are kids. We usually see 100 to 150 pediatric deaths from flu each year. Uh, And as you said, last year was an intense year. We uh, had 80,000 illnesses and 180 pediatric deaths last year. Wow. What happened last year? What, what was the issue that there were so many? What was the issue with the vaccine? Well, I would say that it's, there's natural variation season to season in how intense uh, the season is. And last year's vaccine was actually relatively well matched to the strains of flu that were circulating. So I would say even though it was a very busy year last year, it was not really attributable to a failure of last year's vaccine. So what do we know about the current state of this year's flu season, and what can we expect before its peak? I think it's hard to say much yet. I will say that flu activity has just really started to creep in in most states in the United States right now. There's not widespread activity in really any states. It's starting to pick up a little more in the southeast United States, which is typical. And we're just getting to the point where in the next couple of weeks we will see sort of what the slope of our initial epidemic curve will look like. So it's really hard at this point to predict whether we'll have an okay season, a bad season, or a good season this year. What viruses will this 2018-19 vaccines protect against? Tell us about this year's flu expectations as far as the vaccine. Yes, so the vaccine, as in recent years, most quadrivalent vaccines have four flu strains in them two of what are called A strains and two of what are called B strains. Uh, This year, the four strains include two new strains that are updated from last year's vaccine. One is an A strain, the AH3N2 strain, and one is one of the B strains. So far this year, um, so every year the CDC will test viruses that are isolated from patients across the country uh, to see how good the vaccine match is. And even though it's very early in the season this year, the vaccine match appears very, very good. So that hopefully means we'll have uh, a relatively good flu season this year. Last year, we heard that the nasal mist was not in use. What's different about this year? So the nasal mist, as you know, became very popular after it was released a few years ago uh, because for many people, uh, they like to avoid injections. And also, there was a little bit of data that in certain populations, it might actually work a little better than the flu shot. However, after a few years of that, uh, the efficacy of the nasal mist wore off. It was not as effective uh, two years ago, and so it was temporarily removed from the market. It was off-market last year, as you said. Uh, This year, it is just um, expected to be available late in the season. There's not much available right now. Uh, The manufacturer 
in conjunction with some of the regulatory agencies, does feel that they have figured out why the nasal mist sort of lost its efficacy. And so it may be available later this season, but the availability so far is not widespread. And importantly, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommended specifically that pediatricians not choose to use the nasal mist this season uh, for most kids until we once again kind of can see whether the efficacy of that strategy has returned. What would you like other pediatricians to know, Dr. Hunstead, as an infectious disease physician in pediatrics? What would you like them to know about counseling their patients and their patients' parents about getting the vaccine and debunking some of those myths? How should they go about that? Yeah, so I think there are a few things to focus on when talking to parents about flu vaccine. As you said, there's a lot of misinformation out there, and people come to the office with various ideas about uh, whether to get the flu vaccine or what the risks might be. First of all, I would try to focus on patients and families where there is particular risk for severe complications from influenza. So these might be children who have heart or lung problems, uh, ex-premature babies, um, patients with cystic fibrosis, uh, or asthma who are likely to get very sick if they get flu. These should be the primary targets for vaccination and And not only the kids, but once again, a great way to protect kids in a household is to vaccinate everyone in the household. Um, This is especially true for babies under six months of age who can't receive flu vaccine. And so it's really important in those situations to vaccinate the other people in the household, a strategy called cocooning, uh, to protect those vulnerable babies. In terms of the myths, I think obviously the most mm, troublesome one is the idea that you can get uh, flu from getting the flu shot. So it is true that a small number of people who get the flu shot will have some very mild symptoms of uh, soreness and maybe a slight fever, but it doesn't turn into the flu. Uh, The viruses that are used in the flu vaccine are killed. They're not live and they cannot cause influenza disease. At what point, because sometimes you still can get the flu, and at what point would you tell a pediatrician to refer a patient to a specialist in infectious disease? Yeah, you're right that even if you are vaccinated, it is still possible to get the flu. The vaccine efficacy of of flu shots is, you know, on a given year, somewhere between 40 and 60 percent, which is still way better than not being vaccinated. That's why we recommend it. But it's not as thoroughly protective as, you know, some other vaccines might be for other diseases. Uh, So pediatricians are going to continue to see children with flu. Uh, and flu-like symptoms. Right now, there's actually a lot more other respiratory viruses out there, like RSV, uh, than there is flu. But once again, we expect flu to start picking up in the next few weeks. Um, And uh, they're going to see a lot of flu. They're going to prescribe antivirals that'll help shorten the course of flu. And pediatricians are very experienced at this, but if they see things that are outside of what they normally see with flu, kids that are particularly sick, kids that are having trouble breathing, or they suspect pneumonia, uh, which can be a complication of flu, then those are times when they might want to give us a call or refer a patient to the emergency department or to the infectious disease service. You mentioned other vaccines, Dr. Hunstead. Why don't you wrap up with the importance of vaccinations in general and keeping to the schedule and and how you want other providers to discuss that with their patients because patients have a lot of questions now about vaccines, what do you want them 
to impart to their patients? I think the important thing is that a lot of the myths have been, as you say, debunked. I think the popular ones about uh, autism and other uh, things that were linked potentially to vaccines, those have been disproven. And focusing on everything we know about uh, the minimal risk of most vaccines and um, the risks of getting these vaccine-preventable diseases. So even things that seem like ordinary childhood illnesses like chickenpox, we need to continue to vaccinate for these because before vaccination, people, including lots of kids, got complications from chickenpox and there were many deaths associated with chickenpox. So even though these diseases are not common now, in part because of widespread vaccination, uh, they pop right back up in communities where vaccination coverage is not good. And it's then when we see outbreaks of things like measles, meningitis uh, in children, and certainly in those cases, you occasionally see some death from these vaccine-preventable diseases. So these are the kinds of things that you know we want providers to share with the parents to to help them understand the risk and benefit uh, ratio of these vaccines. Well, that's certainly great information, and, and I would imagine it's a little bit frustrating for infectious disease specialists to have to keep repeating this, but it's so important that that's what we will do. Thank you so much, Dr. Honstad, for joining us today. A physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.